Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Late Afternoon Show. I am your host, Tim Olari, and we have another crazy, iconic guest today on our show. We have John Henry, who is just an ultra successful entrepreneur, founder, just a value add to our world. I mean, he's been successful for a long time. Started his first business and sold it at 21. He's invested $40 million in minority founders through his venture fund, Harlem Capital. And now he is leading a disruptive insurance company called Loop Insurance. Guys, it is nothing short of a gem drop today. Anything resonates with you as meaningful, please consider subscribing, following us, downloading an episode, and joining our community on MrMeaningfulWork.com. That is MrMeaningfulWork.com. And if you like what you hear, leave us a comment, leave us a review with your thoughts, and we will be seeing you. Is John Henry in the house. My guy, I need to let you know, and I told you this before. Do you oftentimes run into folks that like kind of know you from your other influencer stuff and they're like, oh my God, it's John Henry. Like, do you ever run into that? It's like, yo, how do you be around that? How is that for you? That definitely happens. Uh, and it's a weird moment because, you know, it's a cool, it's a weird, but it's cool. It, it was weird at first because, yeah. just, oh, cool, you know. And then you wear it with with humility. Uh, yeah. Hey, what's going on, man? You dap them up and you, you yep. understand that like, wow, you know, what you make is being received and what's being yep. received is positively affected people. And yeah, it feels like having family everywhere. It's pretty cool. That, br- bruh, that is that is not a horrible feeling, man. Well, John, we are super excited to have you. Um, you are the co-founder, co-CEO of this revolutionary uh, company called Loop Insurance, and and so I look. I've been in the in the startup world a little bit, right? I was in Silicon Valley for a little bit, you know, around these guys, and we even tried myself, some of my friends, you know, my ex, even at that time, we were trying to do some startups. And one of the things that we always were told is when you're doing a startup, is the question that they would ask is, what makes you uniquely qualified to build this thing, right? Um, and I know in one of your posts, you talk about when you're raising money or getting folks on, your job is to transfer certainty, right, from yourself to the other person. So if I was to ask you the question, yo, you're an insurance man, what makes you uniquely qualified to to run this revolutionary insurance company? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. And it's a question we all should answer about what we do. And inevitably and invariably, you end up landing on your very specific set of experiences and circumstances has yielded, you know, who you are, you contributing to a, an existing dialogue in a new way is uh, what you bring to the table. Hmm. And I can, I can share that from my own perspective, right? Like, yeah, I'm new to this industry, but I'm not new to caring about people. Hmm. I'm not, community. I'm not new to building a movement. I'm not new to producing content that that impacts folks and, and can spread. I'm not new to thinking about, you know, I'm not new to grinding out a problem. I'm not new to, you know, working on something so hard that, you know, it's, it's a lot of what you think about almost every day. 
I'm not new to any of that. And so the the industry is but is but one frame, but there's a lot of other frames that you can use to envision a picture. Yeah. Um, and like if you cross over into TV, I don't know if you have been in TV, but for example, you would do well on TV, right? Because you're not new, you're not new to this. Yeah. It might be a new medium where you gotta figure out the kinks in that particular medium. Uh, like for example, I early on like learned that crossing your your arms like this was like a great way to deliver some s- static news on camera or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then I saw myself doing a keynote and I realized I felt really closed off because I was taking those same best principles mm-hmm. that works for one particular medium. But then when you're on stage, you're communicating a cl- any kind of cross, close, yeah. anything like that yeah. is all... So then in order to practice it, doing the opposite, I try, I practice taking up as much space as possible and you feel mm-hmm. stupid doing it. Yeah. But when you see yourself play back doing this, you realize you're not taking up as much space as you actually thought. Yeah. And so it is no big deal for you to go, hey, like you do in your movie. Because you might feel like the movements are big, yeah. but in reality, you're just coming across. So yes. anyway, it's just one of those things that, I, that like yeah. I use a physical medium to, to express it, but yeah. Professionally, personally, relationships, yeah. you know, there's a lot of frames that you're familiar with already and you can lean on those as you move into new spaces. That is that is a phenomenal answer because I think it, it levels the playing field uh, for a lot of folks. Um, Megan is commenting on your bookcase. Nice. <laughs> nice bookcase. Yo, you, so you just moved, right? Yes. So you just moved. How was that move? You came all the way from New York to where you you're Austin, Texas right now. Yeah, man. I'm born and bred in in New York and uh, I'm in Austin, Texas right now, man. And uh, it's crazy for me to leave New York, this place that made me. Yeah. Um, I think the first thing you start to realize is like how hardwired we are to be like, just like go and play, you know, and like I'm going up to a cafe where it's mad chill and I'm like, yo, excuse me, are, are you in line? And I'm just like, and like my tendencies are being absorbed as like microaggressions. Yeah. <laughs> there was a moment where I had to realize like, oh, okay, I can take the elements of who I am out of yeah. the place yeah. and figure out, you know, just figure out what elements don't serve you in yeah. a new space. So yeah, I'm here, man. I'm brand new here. Hey. You know, it's 80 degrees outside. It's really, you know, the spaces are a lot more modern, just like I love it. Physically and visually how it looks is so it's so fresh. I'm really excited to be here. I love it. I love it. And so is the company kind of based in that uh, in that location? Uh, is that where it's going to be the HQ for for loop? Yes, sir. Nice. Nice. I love it. I have my um, you had mentioned him in one of your content, uh, a good friend of mine, Ruben Harris, and he does uh, career comments. I think it's the same setup. It's like a nice San Francisco loft. And that's HQ right there. And and then yep. you guys are beasting it out. Um that's- uh, so talk to me a little bit. So we got it pulled up here. So you're you're doing this. You're doing insurance, right? Insurance is a huge, I mean, behemoth industry. And you guys are coming in and you're saying, uh, we're not scared. We're going to do it. And we're going to do it in a new and, and different way. Let me go ahead and add this here uh, to the stream here. So loop insurance. So talk to us a little bit about why insurance, man, you've done you've done private equity You've done, you know, financing. You've done a lot of different things, and now you're moving into into insurance. So why insurance, and what is it that you guys are doing that's that's really going to disrupt the industry? Yeah, I would say why not insurance, right? Um, I, I 
to me, the spaces where people say, well, why that is a space that you want to be in, hmm. right? And when you're moving into spaces that make all the sense in the world laterally, it's like, okay, it was expected. You know, I think people expected me to go into real estate, you know, after VC, because I was already talking about real estate and it would have made all the sense in the world. But I kind of, I think there's a, there's a lot of value in moving laterally, Hmm. you know, I like to slip in and out of spaces and like you, I like that you can't predict what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. I like, I like being in spaces where people are like, yo, what are you doing there? You got no business being in there. Yeah. That's where I want to be psychographically. Yeah. Like I just I like I want to sit there in people's minds like, yo, you can't put a finger on what this motherfucker is going to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like that. And, yeah. and so now if we zoom in a layer deeper. Right. Because it's not just being contrarian for being contrarian sake. But it's like if you zoom a level deeper, oftentimes in these spaces where people are like, well, why go towards that space? There's a lot of there's a lack of tender love and care that goes into, uh, you know, these spaces, both in terms of like actual love and care for the customer, but also in terms of like, it's been a minute since it's been groomed, you know, this industry. It's been a minute since, you know, that this new wave of thinking and approach and production and execution touched this space. So that began to excite me. And then you zoom in a level deeper and you realize that insurance is but a vehicle to deliver empathy at scale. Somebody right? write that down. Somebody write that down. Insurance is but a vehicle to deliver ins- uh, uh, empathy at scale. We're going to capture that because that right. tweet that. Somebody tweet that and tag me, somebody please. Tag John. Somebody tweet it. I mean, look. Somebody tweet that, please. If you think about it, um, our job is to care for you. Right. And it's like the the utility of insurance has been lost in in these hollow caricatures that are marketed and advertised to you all day with like, say, 15 minutes, 50 percent, 30 percent, this 20 percent, that 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. this and Mm -hmm. and weird humor. And it's like it's all feels so overly exaggerated. Like, can you imagine if you came across a person that behaves how these brands behave? Actually, in mm. real life, yeah, it's <laughs> just like mad, just like <laughs> there, there's so many insecure yeah. elements in that because it's indicative of someone whom wouldn't know, like is trying to overcompensate so much for something because of a, a severe lack of something. Yes, at the end of the day, you're but a rounding error. You're but mm-hmm. you're but a decimal. Your customer P six five three seven zero from cohort three twenty one that came from this particular. Yeah campaign that responded to this number mm. the output is a is a lack of love but then when you begin to explore you realize that the plumbing and all the various inputs that go into it long since stopped considering our communities mm. so that's the opportunity from the business infrastructure perspective we can yeah. reconstruct the way that you're priced the way that you're measured but yeah. also the way that you know the, what the content embodies, what the brand essence is, and how it's distributed to you, and how you're how we build community. So yeah. we can redesign and develop all the plumbing, which is the way that you yield a different result at the end. Man, so you guys are doing a complete diagnostic 
end to end, fully integrated, like, hey, let's look at this thing that has been in industry for who knows how long and reimagine how we can do this. And and because I think, like you said, at its essence, right, insurance was there. It's like, hey, let's take care of people when they need it. Like, that's like the base. Like, we're here to take care of people, but it has grown to something that has moved away from that. And so how do we come back? Um, you know, how do we come back to that? Um, so yeah, we got some problems here. Yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's a lot of ap- applicability to that beyond industries, contexts, mediums, you know, yeah. and it's, I'm not used to being in a space that's very not sexy, right? Mm. Like venture capital, I was in yeah. start, I was in all this shit. And it's like, yeah. people want to talk about that stuff. And so yeah. for the first time I'm in a space where people immediately feel like a, a lack of relatability. Yeah. So for the purposes of illustrating the 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 true depth and applicability of, of that nugget, it's like there are spaces all around us, even that seem very well captured. Like let's take media, for example. Yeah. Everyone has a podcast. Everyone has a this and a that. Yeah. All, there's all these uh, TV shows and like in network, like, but ultimately, you can find a little sliver that's not meeting. Like, you have, have you ever felt like, man, I wish there was this kind of content that was just out there, which is probably why you started this. this that's exactly, that's yeah. exactly yeah. right. IB, that could yeah. be entertaining, a little that's bit of a, exactly right. like a real shit. Da, 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 da. And it's yeah. like, you know, that perception is yeah. effectively you seeing something that could. Hmm. And then yeah. we have listeners, Sean, Megan, Susanna, yeah. you know, Lydia, all these folks that are here resonate with that. Yeah. And so it's just indicative of how you can build in a space that seems well, well covered, but yeah. um, never com- never replace people tolerating something with people actively loving something. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's what we felt in insurance is for especially people tolerate their insurers. Yeah. But you don't fuck with your insurer. You don't wear a Geico sweatshirt. That's like, <laughs> we do to wear a loop sweatshirt. You will. That's you how will. I know you fuck yeah. with me. Yeah. 100%. I need you to shout from the top of your lungs that you love the late afternoon show with Tim. With Tim. Yeah. That's how I know you fuck with the show. 100%. I want to know that people fuck with me and yeah. us and what we're doing and what we stand for. Yeah. And unless you're seeing that in your space, then there's. Yeah. 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 And, and I think those and brands that are able to do that. One of the guests that I had on um, Kate, uh, she has a company called Lately. Have you heard of Lately? So they so Lately AI, they just take all of your content, they chop it up and they make it super hyper relevant. They'll schedule it out um, videos, audio um, um, and all that stuff. But one of the things that she mentioned that you just touched on was we need to be in the business of making evangelists, right? People that love what we do and they feel the human side of what we do so much that they are ready to go to bat. Like you said, like they're ready to like, yo, this is my, like, this is my insurance company. Like you guys don't do insurance. Like we do insurance or you guys don't do AI. Like we're doing AI or you guys ain't doing pot. Like the folks, Megan is one of like the biggest advocates of the late afternoon shows, like because there's something that resonates there and it's going to be like, yo, I'm going to post everything. I'm going to share everything. I'm going to invite my people, my coworkers, 
you know, all that. And that's what we're trying. Um, that's what we're trying to build. Thank you, Sean, for that tweet. Or appreciate you, brother. Um, so we're going to do a little segue. And then we got uh, a couple more questions for you. Um, I want you because you're a busy guy. I mean, you are a busy, busy, busy dude. One second. Let me grab my charger. No worries. No worries. Loopy Looper is on a T-shirt. Hey, make we out here getting product. Out. <laughs> he said loopy loopers. Um, so so I want you, can you remember the last thing that made you laugh until your stomach hurt? I can't, no. You can't. A, no, it's been a minute. Definitely the last time I cracked up was like some internal like uh meeting that we had that we were all just like busting jokes on people like me and my boys rag on each other we have that yeah. style of humor yeah. uh, but i can't remember something that was the last time something was so funny that i almost what, what is what is the environment that's usually conducive for that i say is it with your boys is it like after a meal like just kind of hanging out like like what what's the environment that makes that happen it's kicking back you know it's being with my homies and you know and the lady and you know my crack a beer open yeah uh and uh, and just you know, just jokes, just jokes. Yeah, yeah talking about shit. Yeah, yo, bro, I'm gonna share one that happened the other night. My wife and I were at the dinner table, we're eating, and we're playing this little game um, with. I have a five year old son, and I got two girls that are three years old, and so we were so we were talking, and we're you know sharing, um, and uh, I think my my son like tried to like scratch like his back or his butt or something like that. Um, I was like, dude, don't like, don't scratch. And then like, try to like smell your fingers. And he was like, oh, and he was like, oh, I do that at school. And we're like, Wait, <laughs> and everybody and like, we were like, bro. And he was, cra- he cracked him. Like he was laughing so hard because I had just like pointed something out like, yo, don't do that. He's like, yo, I already do that. Like, that's not, that's not something oh, that man. I'm going to hide. I was like, yo, my guy, you are. Having lyrics like that, like constant source of joy, <laughs> constant source of joy, bro, man. It was um. So we got a question here. We'll get to your question here, Megan. One thing I want to ask you because we got a lot of folks that um kind of look at the new school, like the new generation of CEOs and leaders, um, and the old school, right? The guys that have been in industry for a long time. Um, what do you think is something that old school generation of CEOs and leaders are missing um, when it comes to connecting with your audience. You alluded to some of it before, but what is something that you think is, is a, a blind side of the old school of, uh, of leaders versus the new school? I think the biggest shift is being open to more life paths. I think the actual practical reality of just about every industry is dominated by a very specific life path, which was hmm. white men, but specifically privileged white men. Hmm. Right. And I think it's actually, I, I think it's actually unfair to a lot of white guys, regular white guys that are now like, fuck, everything's going to everyone except me. Yeah. There are also a lot of just white people that grew up in unprivileged yeah. situations and still yeah. have to slog it out like the rest of us. So yeah. I, I think a distinction should be placed on privileged white men. Um, and of course, by varying degrees of association, one can sneak into some of the privileges that were established. But yeah, that's, that's the biggest change, man. I mean, yeah. just having like just, you know, my co-founder being a woman running a yeah. services company 
Yeah. That's, you know, worth millions of dollars. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And when we hire, she can say, no, I need this hire to be a woman. Awesome. 100%. And, then, and then when we have women at the table, you know, the, the development of the models, we're developing algorithms. Hmm. You know, we have a woman's eye on it and says, hey, 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 what about, you know, X? Oh, okay. Well, I never considered that. Yeah. Um, and similarly, black men in media. Yeah. Right. Like it was monopolized before and, and, and so on. So I think definitely the biggest change in leadership has been the, the different life paths, the racial, ethnic, socioeconomic, you know, variety, different spices. You know, can you imagine eating some shit that just like was just had the same spice all fucking day, every day? I'm good. Every week, every month, <laughs> literally every industry was made by the same set of spices. Yes. Or lack yes. of spices. Yeah. Yeah. The Old non-salty having. Yeah. Created banking, created uh, media, created no. insurance, you know, I'm just like, and, and then the output is all the things that we consume. Yeah. Feel like, feel devoid of, and not actually connected to our life experience, which is why, you see these upstart challenger brands, just yeah. like Robin Hood and Spotify yeah. and yeah. Netflix. And just yeah. like they're, we're, it's a whole new era of yeah. people creating brands that mean shit to us right now. Yes. And that to me is the most exciting thing out there. I yeah. want to create a brand that is of the culture that captures a piece of the 20, yeah. the tw- the 2000s, yes. you know, this 22nd century you know, no. to create something that could be era defining is is really special. And, um, that's, and that's big. what we're trying to do. Yeah, that's big. You make you made insurance taste good. Like you put the hot sauce, you put the hot sauce in insurance. <laughs> you can't wait. I'm about to go grab some wings after this. A little I'm saying. <laughs> you are the space uh, for that. Um, and so. Um, we're going to get so, oh, and speaking of something you had mentioned as far as like your, your co-founder and some of the perspectives, um, and the new school versus old school, what are some of the things Megan has a question here of what are some, maybe three things that you guys are taking from traditional insurance that you guys may be keeping with loop. And what are some three things that, or a couple few things that you guys are doing differently? The number one by far and away, most controversial combated regulated, lobbied, everything uh, criteria that we're removing is credit score. Hmm. We are removing credit. Credit has so much problems baked into it because it's an intellectually lazy way to assess risk. Hmm. It's your proxying for risk. You're saying, yo, uh, you got student loan that you, yeah, you got bad credit. That means you're poor. That means you're dangerous. I, I don't trust your ass. Yeah. So that's such a cognitive leap. Yeah. <laughs> from, yeah. from this number to be like, oh, no, nah, you can't you can't pay this stuff back. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. like, OK, insurance is paid up front anyway. You know, it, like the, it's the opposite of, of credit. It's a regressive yeah. tax. Yeah. You're paying for your services up front. Yeah. So you're paying. What the hell does it matter? But, you <laughs> that's know, true. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's something that. um affects disproportionately communities of color, proven, un- undeniably quantified, you know, because of so many other social circumstances. Yeah. It affects young people coming out of school right now with student loan debt. Yeah. It affects all kinds of life paths and, and creates a reality that people who need 
price savings the most are paying two times as much on average mm. as a result of credit being so heavy in rate filing at the moment. Yeah. Um, so that's one. The other is education. Did you know that right now you get a 5% discount if you went to Harvard? What the fuck does that have to do? What? Like, what does that, like, that's a, that's something where if you went to Harvard and you're applying for your thing and you're, oh, for you, 5% is, oh, sweet, awesome. And that's something that I would see and be like, ah, well, fuck, I don't, all right, I don't apply. And, and that's yeah. it. But, like, let's dissect that. Yeah. You get some kind of extra privilege for going to an extra privileged school. What does yeah. that have to do with your actual risk profile on the road? Yes. Pretty little. Yeah. So, so we removed education. We also removed occupation because you also get a uh, a, pe- uh, a penalty if you work a blue collar job. Really? Yeah. If you're but a laborer, you know, like my mom's a custodian growing up. My pops, my pops was a a, a presser. You know, yeah. my girl's parents, you know, was a a, a grocery store clerk. Yeah. I'm a tradesman, a back, a bike mechanic. So you get penalized for those yeah. type of jobs? Yes, because practically you're poor, right? And and so now you start to understand and unpack that, yo, that like the way that so those to answer Megan's questions are three explicit things that we're removing from the rate filing. And yeah. instead, you can't just remove shit and say, okay, you know, like you have to replace it with things that are yeah. actuarially sound and we yeah. were able to, you know, build a business around. And so for us, the number one piece of that is um is your movement how you move through time and space we're together Mm -hmm. on that journey with you because when you download loop we're not just an insurance carrier we're a driver's companion tool Mm -hmm. we're with you as you move through space and we're understanding your journey and we're able to say with a higher level of confidence hey this person is a is is a safe not only a safe driver because I know all states been doing the safe driver safe forty percent yeah but all they're measuring is like speeding hard braking mm-hmm. yeah your journey as a whole huh. and so, hey we don't care you know um, we don't care uh, if you're married that that's another one by the way marriage if you're married you get a so you know you get a bit of a yeah. think about this if you own your home you get an automatic fifteen percent home and auto bundle discount. But it doesn't mean that you're 15% safer. On the road, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess the argument one can make is like, hey, people who own their homes feel like they have more to lose, which again mm. is, it, uh, is in and of itself kind of a racist argument. Because it's like, yeah. you know, if you ain't got shit, if you don't got material shit, yeah. then you're okay just being mad, reckless on the road. Yeah. Well, what about my mom? Yeah. Up, you know, we never owned our home. We you know we grew up below the poverty line. She yeah. had bad kids. She didn't have the nicest whip. But, you know, she, you know, largely has never been in an accident, really safe, cares about, mm. you know, our community, positive member of society, works hard. That person pays more literally than someone who's privileged, went to school, but has a DUI and has speeding violations. Literally, that person gets a better rate than someone who is wholesome and coming up and just That's like backwards. You know, That's made. backwards. It That's is backwards, man. It is. Wow. And- and it's and it my you know my partner makes fun of me for saying that I have chills, but I have chills thinking about it because that's deeply uh, disturbing to me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and at the same time, it's like deeply inspiring to go and change that mm. because it's 
you know, insurance is a very silent culprit. It's not an ill-intended beast. Yeah. You're not going to make this thing look like it's sitting there judging you, although yeah. the algorithms and the data models have evolved such that they do. Yeah. But it was just that it was built by folks with the, you know, like I said, it's the same spice. Yep. Not able to consider different life experiences, pads, and moreover, they don't experience the adverse implications and output. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So we're just at a point where these systems have to be built by people from all different walks of life. Yeah. Whether insurance is one particularly gross and egregious example that I can straight quantifiably because it's yeah. a very mathematical field yeah. but there's all kinds of fields oh yeah that have you know these systems have their foot on our necks and i think you know the george floyd uprising proved that yeah. uh we're not t- we're not standing for that anymore yeah at all at all and i think megan had mentioned before as far as like there's real estate there's obviously like the justice system there's so many things that have been built you know, outside of a context that really understands the adverse effect or the perspective um, of, of different people in that market. Um, and that kind of Megan, leads- Megan says quickly, she says geo reference data. That's precisely what we are doing. We are we are incorporating geography into our models. So it's a it's a niche field called geospatial statistical modeling where you know, rather than um, consider data points in a static fashion, we're able to contextualize them and, you know, uh, temporally and spatially. So through time and space. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. It's, I wish I could take credit for that. I know I sound really fucking smart right now. I wish I could take credit for this, but it's actually my co-founder, you know, who's sitting right there. There you, you go. Know, hey, hey, what's up? You know, it's actually her that architected this technology that I can now, uh, you know, that's the inputs. And now we can work on building a brand that's centered around love and have it mean something to people. And so it's a a cool unit, man. I got to tell you, bro, bro, that literally takes me to my question of, you know, we've been on this journey. So I started this journey of exploring what is meaningful work and how do you apply its principles um, to to your life if you're an entrepreneur, an employee, an enthusiast, um, and just been gathering definitions and applications over the course of the last year. And so I want to ask you, um, from your perspective, how would you define meaningful work and, and, and how do you apply those principles to what you do? There's a couple, there's probably two different prisms with which I would define meaningful work. For one, to me, the most important is, you know, Hove said, there's much bigger issues in the world I know, but first I got to take care of the world I know, you know, like now I'm doing work that goes and and really deeply impacts society. Um, Mm. However, well before I landed at that point, I had to go and clean people's dirty laundry, which was my first business. Mm. You know what I mean? And that wasn't affecting anyone's world, but it was affecting my world. So me within the prism of, what your craft is teaching you, uh, developing you as a person, and who you're growing into as a result of doing this craft, I think is a number one most meaningful prism to look at meaningful. And then yeah. second is uh, this prism of meaningful 
once you've grown in your abilities and your capacity and your access and your resources and your know-how, you then, I feel, have an equal and reciprocal responsibility to then go out there and uh, attribute these set of experiences and skills and resources to something that can better people as a whole. And mm. that is a second prism of effort. And I believe that right now we're living in the mission economy. In fact, I want to just make a call here Friday, March 5th, 2021, 541 PM Eastern time. Um, I have been feeling in my heart that I want to write a book called the mission economy. And I'm going to break that news right now. Breaking, breaking, breaking. Right here on the late afternoon show. Nice. Late afternoon show. Um, I just decided like, I'm going to write a book called the mission economy where Mm. we can reframe the, we can reframe kind of the, uh, the calibration of what we view as value and currency and what unlocks, you know, growth and potential and, and, you know, connection. And I think that there has been a disproportionate amount of uh, emphasis placed on profits over time. And then even like, other things but for me i feel like mission which is rooted in your concept of meaningful work is what you know you guys don't give a fuck about insurance but you do a little bit more now because of the way i shared what i shared right you know and 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 by the way i didn't gamify that it wouldn't work if i did Mm. it it only works because i actually feel it and you guys receive it and together we go and build a movement so i really believe in your concept of meaningful work and and i and i do think that um, you know, mission unlocks doors that profit w- can never. Yes. Yes, man. That is everybody. Th- if, if yo, if anybody missed today, tell them that they missed today because we, and we're going to have to have you come back when you do the book signing and you're sharing and all that stuff. And you're a Amazon bestseller and uh, New, New York, York Times bestseller. Let's go. Let's go. You know, where it's already, we, we already got, I think we already got folks pre-ordering. So, <laughs> We're going to do like Tesla, like before we even make it, let's get right, some pre-orders right. sell it and, out. <laughs> and sell it out. Um, well, my man, we are at the bottom of our time. And um, what is what is one takeaway? If somebody was to say, I only learned one thing um, from from my time with John Henry today, what would uh, what would you want folks to take away from today's uh, session? Um, I, I think my my whole thing would be, you know, don't place so much pressure on getting everything you ever wanted out of life, out of the thing that you're doing right now. You know, it takes a lot of exploration. It takes a lot of getting lost and meandering with intention, but, you know, give yourself that patience and ability to go through the journey as a whole. Yes. And along the way, you pick up different little bits about yourself and your preferences, your skills and what you like and didn't like. And when a partnership felt good or bad and when a relationship and it didn't and all this other stuff yeah. and then you eventually come into yourself such that you feel capable willing and able to mm. step up to the plate for something that finally feels bigger than you and yeah. that's where i feel right now um and that's what i would wish for folks listening if they're not already there to give themselves that patience and that flexibility patience and flexibility. I don't know if if it was you who said it or put it on a quote or something or somebody else where it says like, no, you're not lost. You're just early. Like just my boy, Gary V. That's GV. Like, it's like, yo, just, 
just wait, just wait. Whether you're 65, I think, and it's cool because like whether you're 65 or you're you know 15 or whatever, like you literally just have to have let time play its course and take a culmination of all your experiences. Um, you know, before you get there, maybe it says like, yeah, well, yeah, we got to put the, a trademark on that. Uh, the per, the mission economy <laughs> and we all know we have a trademark here, but guys, that is our show. We are super excited, um, that John Henry was able to join us today. We're going to be doing a recap of like the big old things that he talked about today. My man is ready. He is on fire. Um, you can connect with him on LinkedIn. Um, he is posting on LinkedIn. He is on Instagram, John Henry style on Instagram, obviously checking out, um, the loop insurance and what he's doing there. Um, this guy just stays dropping gems. Um, so if you are a gem collector, uh, make sure that you connect with my man, John. So, uh, John, we appreciate you. Um, we will stay in touch guys. Thank you so much for coming through. We're going to end the live now and see you guys next week for another edition of the late afternoon show. Yes. Also. Yeah. If you're, if you're listening, I I just wanted to thank you. Um, it's a Friday afternoon. We we appreciate you guys spending time with us. Um, I would like to individually acknowledge each of you. So if you don't mind, reach out to me on Instagram where, where I'm most active. Um, and connect, drop me a line and I will personally ensure that I respond to each of you guys. Tim, beautiful platform that you have here. Salute to your wife. Um, salute to your continued efforts. I think it's great. You're nurturing something special. Uh, and I can't wait, um, to just chat this up and share it. And, you know, some of my people will cross over to you and vice versa and we'll just keep it going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. We will see you next week on the late afternoon show. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Late Afternoon Show. Hey, if this episode resonated as meaningful for you, please consider subscribing, downloading the episode, liking it, sharing it with somebody that you think would find it valuable. And if you have any thoughts or ideas on people that we can talk to or subjects we can cover, shoot me an email. My email is tim at mrmeaningfulwork.com. Again, that is tim at MrMeaningfulWork.com. Again, thank you so much, and we'll see you on another edition of The Late Afternoon Show.